it kind of keeps me for myself and remind me why I'm up here. And so as we uh, come this morning, we want to again address an issue. It's one that, um, thank you so much, Eddie. It's, it's one that I think is very important. You probably asked yourself the question, uh, question um, about your relationship with God. You probably asked the question of, um, you know, am I really pleasing God? No. Do I really understand God's heart? If, if I asked you, do you understand God's heart? Do you really understand what his heart is? Um, and so this morning we want to at least go that route in understanding the heart of God. And the, the verse that we quoted uh, earlier this morning, we're going to be looking at this uh, Later on, this Malachi 6, 6 through 8, and then Ephesians 4, 1 through 8. They all coordinate here. Let's bow in prayer. Father, as we approach your word, help us to understand. The more we understand your heart and make the applications and align ourselves with your heart, the more productive we are, you're glorified, more things are accomplished. And as I look at history, Lord, there's some folks who walked so closely with you like Enoch that one day he wasn't. Then another Lord, I think about Elijah, and you send your own taxi cab to pick him up, the chariot, and took him away, Lord. But the next thing we're looking for is the rapture. But whatever happens is that until then, I will be in line with your heart. Help us to do just that. That'll help us to deal with whatever comes our way. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, Amen. Amen. So as we uh, come to this uh, dealing with uh, God's heart, and then we're going to again look at the verse that we went through before. With what shall I come before the Lord and how uh, and bow myself before the Lord on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, 10,000 of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you to do justice and to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Th these words mean a lot, a lot that I thought we'll kind of talk about this morning. Th thinking it through, though. The greatest way to be effective is not mimicking others, but truly understanding what God wants and for the rest of our lives, making it our top priority. I'll suggest three, a three-fold approach. One, do what? Listen be a deliberate listener. Next, understand. Be a committed discerner. Study. Three, apply. Being 
a committed doer practice. So I think it's so important. Listen, understand what he want, and apply. Listen, understand, do. These are the three things. I hear what you say, Lord. I understand what you, you're saying. Now do it. No, that's what it says in James. But be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving yourself. A lot of folks like to hear the boy, I heard a good word. Yeah, okay, now you heard a good word. Now the question is, what did you do in light of hearing a good word? Okay. What did you do in light of what God, what is it that God said to you this week that have made a difference? Or are we going the same route? Um, so I outline for this morning to kind of walk you through it, and it shouldn't be long this morning. Um, it's nothing new. It's needed now. It must never change. You got it? What is it? It's <laughs> it's and, and and it never changed these are the three things when we talk about what God required it's nothing new that he's required it's needed now what he required and it, it'll never change never change okay I don't care what age it is okay so let's deal with nothing new uh, a brief background uh, Micah laid out a case before Israel concerning their lifestyle that was abhorrent to the Lord. He reminded them of their deliverance from Egypt and protection from their enemy. And this is before that, that verse that we looked at Micah. He was telling them, the Lord is just very displeased with Israel. He says, don't you understand? I delivered you from Egypt. And, um, and then when I delivered you from Egypt and, and got you through the Red Sea and had Moses take you through that, and when you were attacked by your enemies, I protected you. I did all of that up to this point, and you're still rebellious. You're still ungrateful. It's amazing. The more God does to us, you would think that we'd be grateful souls, and yet we just kind of put it aside and want more. And yet God is able to give more, but but, we, but it, it really frustrates the Lord. So what, what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the Lord on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a, of a year old? Or will the Lord be pleased with a thousand rams, with 10,000 rivers of oil? You know, shall I give my firstborn for, uh, for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the, for the sin of, of my soul? What shall I do? Lord, how can I straighten this thing out? Know something. When the Lord wants you to do something to straighten out something before him, they call it the law of um, repatriation. Matter of fact, they're, they're beginning to do this now uh, in, um, in America. And that is, not only do you do your time, you have to pay back all you messed up. In the Old Testament, whenever you stole, if you stole, stole a person's cow, you had to return to him three or four cows. You didn't just return to him, well, I stole your cow, I'm returning. No, 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 no. It's a law of, of uh, uh, so you had to do, you had to do, that's why when it came to Zac, Zacchaeus, when he said, I will return fourfold. And not that he was doing generously, he was doing what, they, what the law required of, of the Jews to do. Uh, and so here he says, well, what should I do, Lord? What can we do? We messed up. What can we do? What does the Lord require? And the Lord is very important, uh, concerned about that. And so 
He has told you, O oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. There are many places in Scripture that God had mentioned concerning this uh, requirement that was clearly revealed to the prophet, which uh, Micah, uh, uh, to tell of rebellious people. Number one, it's not what you present with your hands, but your heart. That's what you see here. It's not what you're presenting with your hands. I gave you all the stuff you want to present. I want your heart. That's why I said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul and all thy mind. It's not what you have in your hands. I'm the one who made you rich. I gave you the comfortable home. I gave you everything. I want your heart. Calves, rams, all 10,000 rivers, firstborn child. says, I don't want those things. I don't need it. Is that what you're going to give to me? You think that's what I delivered you from, from slavery about? Don't you realize I made a promise to Abraham and I want to come through your lineage and bring the Messiah and you're messing it up with these foreign women and get intermarrying and everything? You're messing thing up, things up. I want you to walk with me so that you will be blessed and you will be a blessing and you'll be a testimony. You're not doing that. You don't understand my heart. When the Lord saves us, it's not just to do our own thing. The world needs to see an example. It is what you give from your heart. Justice, love, kindness. Walk or live humbly with your God. Observation. You would think that all that God has done would inspire people to respond with thoughts, words, and lives of gratitude. I think not. Not only does it happen in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, it's happening even today. And sometimes, you know, forgive me for just taking a few minutes. I want you just for a moment just to, to look at where you're sitting, we sit in a very beautiful building. What people are building nowadays, uh, I want you to think about it. Some folks are building actually boxes, you know, and they're saying, well, we can worship in that, and we can make it multi-purpose and everything else. But you know, have you ever noticed in the Old Testament and all the others that they would build beautiful things for the Lord? Do you realize in England, you know what's willing, winning the young people to the Lord? The beautiful cathedrals. Did you know that? They're seeing the beauty. When you think about how God wanted the tabernacles and everything else in place before they even started worship. Everything perfect. And he says, I want to set this environment so that when you come into my presence, you worship me in spirit and truth. 
not, a, not in a place that you're used to having a gym in and everything else you have in. It's just, a, it's just a place for worship right now. And then you can't wait until morning worship over, move the chairs over, pull the tables out. You're going to have a party. It, it, it shifts to another thing. It's not a place where you can come quietly and be still. I remember, remember during the, the funerals uh, uh, Friday, the guy walked in, uh, and it was his first time walking in here, and he uh, belonged to a real large, you know the guy if I mentioned the, the guy on the radio and everything else, but he belonged to this large group of people. But he came in and said, and he sat, down, sat in back, and he sat back and took in everything. And he said, wow. He says, I belong to a large group of people, but he says, man. He says, this is great. And he just, and he just sat back there for just a, a while. And, just, and some of the things that he shared, he said, I, I came, I, didn't, I really didn't belong to a whole a lot, a lot of people and everything else. And yes, I play instruments and everything else. But to be here and to sit and to look at all, you know, the beauty and, and that's what the, 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 the psalmist said about uh, understanding and, and to walk into the temple of the Lord. To, to be there and to, to behold the beauty of the Lord, the beauty of his holiness. He says, you folks, he says, you are so wrapped up in yourself that you forgot me in the process. The church of Ephesus was doing so much. He says, you're doing a whole lot, but one thing, you don't love me like you used to. That's why you hear me say so many times, be still and know that I am God. Cut out a a time. We call it a quiet time. Cut out a a slot where where God says, "You you tell me. Morning, evening, you tell me where I can meet you, just you and me. And I'll be there on time, all the time, while taking care of everything else in the world. And guess who does not show up? (laughs) Uh, God says, I have a case against you. If you want to know how what really pleased my heart, he says, then you need to look at a couple of things then. It's not all the cash and everything else, but it's the whole idea of do justice, love, kindness, and walk humbly with your God. That's, that's what I want. Can you do that? So as we move further then, Remove part two. It it needed it's needed now. It's what? I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling of which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, forbearing one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There's one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call. He goes on to say this, read along with me, ready? One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, the God of all, who is over all 
and through all and in all. See, Paul mentioned what, what it would take to walk in a worthy manner before God. And so he says, with all humility. The, the first thing is, if I want to really know God's heart, God says, he wants a broken, a contrite heart. I want you to walk in all humility. Get the me and the I and my agenda. Get it all off the board and just walk in humility before me. And so if we took a test, am I, am I a person who walk in humility? The next one is with all gentleness. I think that is so important. Does, do individuals consider you a gentle person? Um, a lot of times, you know, because of my position and everything else, I, sometimes I, I'm concerned whether folks see me as a hard tyrant and everything else, you know. And, um, but there's some, there are definite decisions you have to make. There are a lot of things that rise on your decisions, and you just have to make the decisions. But there are sometimes, like leaders, you cry in silence, but you still have to do what you have to do, regardless of how people see you, you know. But are you a gentle person, you know? Uh, is, that a, is that a vocabulary that a person would use or a description that a person would use about you? With all, are you a patient person? Oh, yeah, I'm patient, yeah. Uh, that's probably in the grocery line. What, what about when you're driving? Uh, how, do, how do you drive? If you, if you measure yourself from 1 to 10 and, and 10 is really great and 1 is you should have turned in your driver's license a long time ago. I mean, just, uh, I, know, I, know, I know a lot of you would never give yourself a one, but, um, but somewhere in, in between that, we like to be good to uh, ourselves. I wanna, I wanna have you to raise up your hand, but just the fact, are you patient when you're driving? Um, in, the, in the funeral procession, the, the, the distance that we had to uh, go, and we had to take the Eisenhower going around that thing, and, and I mean, and people uh, uh, came in, in between the funeral line. They didn't care, you know, just, I mean, just a number of things was going on. And I said, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and remember I told you about what you're supposed to do? Shake it off. Shake it off. I said, praise the Lord, I'm driving to it instead of being, being the person that they're they, they taking to it, you know. <laughs> I'm keeping things in perspective, <laughs> you know. So I said, eventually I get there, you know. It's one of, one of those things. Where, but are you a patient person? Um, with all eagerness to maintain the unity, it keeps us productive. It keeps Satan out of our business. Amen. Amen. When, when, we're, when, we, when we have all this, Satan can't get in. Satan get in when we lack these things. If you're having trouble in your home, if you're having trouble and in, in conflict trouble in relationships, and there's conflict between the person, and you're arguing back at them, then understand it's not them. The Lord says, no, it's you. Shut up. Even a fool is, is considered wise when, his keep, when he keep his mouth shut. 
Don't give Satan a chance to use your mouth so that you'll say something that you wish you never said. Remember what Proverbs says, 18.21? Death and life is in what? Uh, the power of the tongue. This was, I, this was, I, you want to know my heart? I want to make sure that you walk in all humility and all gentleness and all patience. Isn't that what Jesus was all about? You know, some, they have a song, I have decided to follow Jesus, but I'm impatient. We're telling Jesus, hurry up, Jesus. I'm trying to get, <laughs> if you're going to follow Jesus, don't tell Jesus where to go and what to do, you know. Wait on him. One of the things that we learned is the whole idea of waiting on the Lord. We had the song, I will wait. Wait, wait on the Lord. Will you really wait on him? When things seem difficult and frustrating and nobody understands, the Lord says, well, take your position where you won't be totally bent out of shape. Just wait. Just wait. That is very important. It keeps Satan out of our business. Um, it, remember, it keeps us productive. It enables others to see an example of God's grace operating in a believer's life. Give somebody the opportunity of seeing something that really works. When you mention church to a lot of folks now, it's, it's, not, it's not what they used to be. When you mention church to some folks now, they don't want any part of it. All the things that, all you have to do is they have, I don't, it just so happened at one point, in passing, they have a little thing on YouTube of some of the church, and they actually show churches fighting, folks fighting outside the church and everything else, and it's all on YouTube. You, want, you, can, look, you can find anything on YouTube. They have a whole section on, on church people fighting uh, outside the church and everything else. And, um, and I said the only reason they got a picture of it is that these folks have violated all of this, and it grieves God's heart that these folks are out there and carry his name in the mud instead of high and lifted up. And then come back, and then come back and expect the Lord to bless them. I, I remember my, my, uh, my mother, um, this, this guy who called, called, called himself uh, Cordy, my mother, um, he was driving us. And, um, and he called a taxi. And the taxi driver did or said something. Now, the guy who courted my mother, he was a boxer. And he was, he was kind of quick-tempered, too. Okay. And so whatever the taxi guy said, he got out of the car. And then he said, I got a knife. Don't you know I'm going to cut you? And, and we're, sitting, we're small kids. I, I never forget it. Because it's, I, that's one thing that stuck in my mind as a child. I said, Mom, Mom, are you hanging out with this guy? You know? And this guy talking about cutting him. Then the same guy is in church, up there singing and everything else. And I, and I sat there, just as a young guy, I said, you phony. I said, I, you were getting ready to cut the guy in the taxi. You know? Now, remember this. I'm young, and I still remember, remember it now. Is there some things you have done or are doing that your children or somebody will remember because you have not walked with the Lord 
And God said, you really didn't know my heart. Difficulties should not change who you are. Never. Never. It keeps God's purpose and production activity uh, active. Um, the act, uh, productive activities uh, going here. See, what happens is that when this is going on, God now, when he is in control, his, his activities continue to go on, on in his life. Now we can grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We can talk to others. We, people uh, listen to our testimony because we have gained an ear to be heard. They may, they may not disagree with you, but they hear you, okay? That is so important. That is so important. And the Lord wants us to have that going on in our lives. Understanding and, and knowing the heart of God. Observation. It is impossible to produce in the church what you are not practicing and producing in your home. And it's impossible to produce in your home what you have not from the heart committed to God. Let me say that again. It is impossible to produce in the church what you have not practiced, you are not practicing in the home and producing in the home. And it's impossible to produce in the home, now it makes it personal, what you have not from the heart committed to God. Whatever you have not committed to God, whatever you not given to him, it's going to show itself and others will see it and take notes. And you've heard me say many times, people keeps, uh, will keep an uh, envelope or <laughs> a folder on you. Whenever your name comes up, they have all of this stuff that they know about you. You mention the person's name, oh, I know them. How do people know you? And does it look more like God or the world? That's so important. When we're knowing the heart of God, See, then he leadeth me in the path of righteousness for what? His name's sake. His name's sake. Um, and so, and understand something, saints. <laughs> it's not, quote, a lonely road where you're the only one. Don't let Satan lie to you about that. Okay. Uh, here's number three as we wrap it up. It must what? It must never, it must never, never change. And uh, th there's a verse that I kind of want to uh, end on when it comes to that. And the verse that we have, by grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of uh, Christ's gift. Philippians 2, 1 through 4, and here's the verse. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy. Complete your joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also the interests of others. God is concerned that what takes place in the church 
it would affect the world. He don't want you to go out soul winning and you acting like a devil in the church. And so Paul lines out these things and saying, what I want us to do, and one thing I appreciate about Chicago Land Bible Fellowship, I appreciate how in a crisis situation and everything else, um, you don't hesitate, you come together, you do what you have to do, especially if your, your schedule allows and everything else, you've always been there. I praise the Lord for that. My prayer, I said, Lord, my prayer for you right now this morning, Lord, take us deeper. Here's the deeper. Your participation and your sincerity, I don't question that. I don't question that. I really don't. My concern now is that you walk even closer with the Lord. Those quiet moments with the Lord. And if, if I... Um, close this morning with that, with that in mind about the uh, quiet moments with the Lord. Let's talk about one last thing then. If you really understand God's heart, the question on the table is, how will this affect your life starting now? What changes will you make that will reflect this choice? If you really understand God's heart, to walk humbly with the Lord, to, to love kindness, What, how would it make a difference starting now into tomorrow? What changes will, will happen? What things you choose to lay aside starting now? I think it's important. I know parents, parents, I know it takes a little bit more energy and, and raising the children. That's, that's what it's all about. We understand that. But you should not, uh, but you're still under grace. God give you that uh, sustaining grace to go through it. But, but it should not change you as a person. My question to Chicago Land Bible Fellowship. Here's what I'll be praying for you for this week. And I want to commit myself, you know, as long as possible. Here's what I'll be praying for. I want to pray for your face-to-face -face walk and relationship with God. That's my prayer. All the other things, whether it's health and, and, and physical things, your face-to-face -face relationship with the Lord. Not the habitual, I have my little quiet time, la, 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 la. that's not the, not the tipping my hat to God, good morning, Lord, or uh, good night, Lord, or whatever the case may be. I mean a deliberate time where you sit down and meditate and be still. And the Lord says, you, you, tell, you just said, tell me the time. I'll meet you there. I'm not asking for an hour. Have you ever have you noticed that the Lord didn't say an hour or two hours or, or half an hour? This, when can I meet you? Daddy wants to talk to you. And you have no one that loves you and even watches you while you're sleeping. And he never sleeps nor slumber. As you rest and protects you, provide for you. And he says, won't you spend a little time with me? My prayer for Chicagoland Bible Fellowship is just this. Because once all of us are at this point, what can happen in this church, in this community, is beyond our comprehension. But it's a matter of perspective. 
So my prayer this morning, and I would like to say to you, if somehow you're not there yet, would you stand? Let's, let's pray. Then if you're not there, I'm, I'm really not there yet. I've been, I've been hidden and missing and all these other things. Would you stand and say, hey, that's, that's me. I've been hitting and missing in this area. I've been, you know, uh, it's, it's you and the Lord. You, you know where you are. You know where you are. If you don't, God does. And, uh, and the first thing that's important is that you're honest with him. He already knows. My concern is that you say, Lord, um, I'm not as consistent as I, I, I should be. The moments I have with the Lord should be like a Daniel. I won't, I won't sacrifice it for anything. It's because it's between me and my God. Not because I'm afraid of him, but I reverence him. I fear, the type of fear is reverence, reverential fear. I fear him. He's high and lifted up, and he's my daddy. And it won't be long before I'll be with him forever. I want to get in the habit of taking time. If you just start off with three minutes, that's more than what you have been doing. Three consistent minutes a day is far more than nothing. Let him build on that. If you're that person, will you stand? Father God, I stand with the believers. I would that all of us are standing. But Lord, you know where we all are. My prayer, Lord, that eventually all of us will get to the point of that song, it's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not my mother, not my father, but it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. And we need the Lord, since we know it, but to really sense your presence and to cut out a time that we're not distracted, that we can just be with you. As we read a verse, as we sing a song, as we just spend quiet time with our daddy. Lord, you've done so much for us. And Lord, you have not given us any um, uh, thing to say that we owe you and this or that. You just, you just been giving. That's what you, you just keep on giving. And you have laid out an eternity where you just keep on giving. It's mind-boggling. And Jesus said, you, I've gone to prepare a place for you. The where I am, you shall be. Oh, Lord, thank you for all your manifold blessings. Thank you for those who are, are sincere. And thank you for those, Lord, who really want to be in a place that's pleasing and honoring with, to you. For us here is our point of great effectiveness, stability, peace, strength. Thank you for what you're going to do. Great is your faithfulness. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, Amen. Amen.